All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And there's a lot of drama involving quarterbacks this offseason. And today we're going to be talking about whether or not the Falcons may be one of the teams that has that quarterback drama, basing our opinion off of whether or not the Falcons will trade Matt Ryan this offseason. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com, RIP, still going strong on Twitter, at FalcFans, of course, writing weekly content over at the Falcoholic, the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons, and the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, as well as our, on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel and give us a like when you do. So today's episode, we're going to be talking quite a bit about uh, the potential of the Falcons trading Matt Ryan. And I want to give a a little bit of a disclaimer. This is not me advocating that the Falcons should trade Matt Ryan. We're just having a conversation about how realistic it will be if the Falcons do trade Matt Ryan, right? We know that they could trade Matt Ryan. Whether they should is really up to you, the individual, to decide. And contrary to popular opinion, I have no desire to tell you or convince you where you should come down on that. Today's conversation is really about whether or not the Falcons would uh, in terms of the coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, And I know I'm opening Pandora's box to a certain extent when it comes, especially to the comments and the feedback I'll get in my inbox and all these various things, because it's now going to become another battleground in the ongoing Matt Ryan civil war. But I think whether or not you think the Falcons should or should not move on from Matt Ryan, I think personally you can keep that to yourself. I think at this point in time, you're not changing anybody else's opinion. So you're just loudly stating it on Facebook or YouTube or uh, Twitter or Reddit or wherever people go to argue and debate this subject endlessly. Um, You know, I just feel like it's kind of a waste of time or energy. You're not changing anybody's mind at this point. So later in this episode, uh, I will sort of break down what I think would be fair compensation for the Falcons if they were to trade him. Um, And I'm more curious to see if you are on the side of whether or not the Falcons shouldn't trade Matt Ryan. What is sort of the point where it's kind of an offer you can't refuse? What would a team have to give up for you to sort of reconsider that stance? And if you're on the side of that, the Falcons should absolutely trade Matt Ryan again, you know, that's perfectly valid opinion if you want to have that. But I'm curious, what is sort of the minimum that you would expect to get back that you think is fair compensation in that regard. So I would love to hear your feedback on that. Um, But obviously I don't really have control over that. So, um, you know, it is what it is. So you guys do you, I'm going to do me. Uh, So the reason why this is coming up, because it seems like there's a lot of drama involving quarterbacks this off season. And so far this off season, it seems like we're only getting the tip of the iceberg. I've been listening to lockdown Cardinals the last couple of weeks listening to Alex Clancy and Bo Brock sort of break down the ongoing Kyler Murray drama. Uh, You probably should listen to that podcast to get a little bit more nuance on it, but sort of my takeaway, my best summary for those of you that are sort of uh, out on that, out of the loop, 
you know, it, it sounds like a lot of it boils down to negotiating a new contract, right? Kyler is now entering the offseason where he can get a new deal. Um, and in this era, sort of a player empowerment, you know, Kyler is sort of making waves and being kind of idea from his camp is just kind of like, look, you guys got to do better. You got to make me happy by uh, paying me, you know, all the money. And then the team's side of it is kind of like, kind of knocking him to a certain extent to be like, you're not really worth all the money. So like, here's all the reasons why you're not as good as you think you are. So it's, it's a whole lot of drama. Um, it is a situation that could certainly get ugly as these two tides sides fight for leverage. And we know that leverage is key when it comes to these big con- quarterback contracts, you know, Patrick Mahomes makes $45 million year. Josh Allen makes $43 million. Dak Prescott's $40 million. All these contracts have been signed over the last, you know, 18 or so months. So we'll see how that plays out in Arizona. But then you look at Green Bay and, you know, we've seen past quarterback drama involving Aaron Rodgers. It seems like everything seems to be fairly cordial as things. And the the Packers have been very vocal that they want to keep Rodgers. They brought back his old quarterbacks coach uh, earlier uh, this week and whatnot. But we know that that drama has stemmed from contract situations. We know that, you know, them drafting a quarterback has created some drama there. Um, we'll sort of see what happens with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Uh, he's already been open about his willingness to play in other cities uh, in the past. And we know that the last contract negotiation he had three years ago sort of went down to the wire. We know that Deshaun Watson has no desire to play another snap of football in Houston, uh, mostly due to his beefs with uh, management and whatnot. Uh, we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely going to be on the move this offseason because the team traded or traded up for uh, Trey Lance last offseason. So we'll see where Jimmy G lands. It sounds like Carson Wentz is going to be on the move again, that the Colts are prepared to move on from him uh, at this point. We'll see what happens with Derek Carr. We'll see what happens with Kirk Cousins. Both of those guys are tradable this offseason. Uh, but both of the new coaches in Las Vegas and Minnesota, at least so far, have said and suggested that they are interested in keeping those guys. But you wonder sort of whether they'll put their money where their mouth is by giving those guys contract extensions uh, to basically prove that they're the guy for the foreseeable future. And then we also, of course, in addition to Carson Wentz, we saw Matt Stafford get traded last offseason. Uh, we know that Stafford kind of boiled down to him being tired of losing in Detroit. We know that Carson Wentz uh, felt disrespected in Philadelphia uh, due to the selection of Jalen Hurts in that 2020 draft. Well, I'm curious to see how he'll feel about, you know, the situation in Indianapolis. And we also know that Tom Brady left Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, not on or left New England for Tampa Bay, not necessarily on the best of terms. And you wonder about the situations involving Baker Mayfield and Cleveland to Otago Bailoa and Miami. You know, there's been a lot of speculation over the last several months that those teams are, you know, looking to upgrade their respective quarterback positions. And then, of course, you have all the teams that are looking for quarterbacks, all the teams that apparently and reportedly want to go out there and get veteran guys uh, to potentially be an upgrade there. You got teams like Denver, Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, possibly the Giants, New Orleans, Tampa Bay have quarterback question marks as well. I'm sure there are other teams that would also be on the list. The Colts, obviously, if they move on from Wentz, would be on that list. So we see all this quarterback drama around the league. And meanwhile, the Falcons are just kind of chilling. Matt Ryan's just kind of chilling. And it's it's very interesting to sort of see that where it's sort of a drama-free zone. And, you know, the Falcons have all the signs of being a team that could have quarterback drama this offseason. But we've seen Matt Ryan not sort of make waves. He's expressed his happiness here in Atlanta, his desire to want to be here in Atlanta. You know, if he was looking to make a new 
contract extension or whatever the case may be, that would be a golden opportunity for him to make a stink about, you know what, I'm not necessarily happy here in Atlanta. So if you want to keep me here, maybe you got to pony up some money, but that's not what Matt Ryan's doing. And then the coaching staff has expressed their desire to want to keep Matt Ryan, their affinity for Matt Ryan. They've consistently praised him, but at the same time, the team has not necessarily been as willing to make a long-term commitment to him. Um, and, you know, you sort of hear Arthur Smith walk back some of those reports that came out at the end of the season that the Falcons were definitely keeping Matt Ryan for 2022. And Arthur Smith kind of like said, you know, chill out with that. Like never say never is sort of the stance that he took. And so that leads us into sort of what we can expect to see this off season with Matt Ryan involving Matt Ryan. And my expectation is that we will see the team restructure uh, his contract, but uh, that will potentially, you know, lead to questions about whether or not the Falcons uh, can trade Matt Ryan this offseason. We'll get into that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast, guys. But before we get there, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a fan of one of the local Atlanta, Georgia-based teams, of course, you can find a local show devoted to your favorite uh, local team on the Locked on Podcast Network. And today I'll plug the Lockdown Braves podcast. Um, you know, I don't know exactly why Freddie Freeman was trending the other day, but, uh, you know, find out by checking out Lockdown Braves. And Lockdown Braves is free and available on uh, all the same podcast platforms that you can find Lockdown Falcons, including on YouTube. So we know that football season is over, uh, but it doesn't mean that you can't bet on other sports, such as basketball season being in full swing with both pro and college hoops. And of course, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympic coverage, Vegas casino games. You can find it all at betonline.net, the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, news, and more this season. You can find odds, totals, player props, futures bets. If you want to bet, if you're not done with the football season yet, you can bet on next year's Super Bowl winner. You can do that at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and learn more about the trends and the latest action at BetOnline, where the game starts. So, um, you know, I've said this now for several weeks and months that I feel like it's very, very likely that the Falcons will restructure Matt Ryan's contract. I think I said on yesterday's episode or one of the episodes earlier this week, they all blur blur together, uh, that it's like a I think 80 something, 83, 86 or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm pulling numbers out of my butt. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily, I think it was 83. It was 83%. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like an 83% chance that the Falcons restructured Matt Ryan's contract. And, you know, I don't want to put words in this person's mouth, but based off of the conversations I've had with Jeff Schultz over the last couple of months, it, it seems like he seems to be in the mindset that it's kind of a no brainer that the Falcons would do. So that makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not necessarily on an island there. Both of us could be wrong on that. Front. But what's interesting to me with Matt Ryan's situation is despite, you know, a lot of talk and speculation that has been going on really since September that the Falcons would, you know, potentially extend Matt Ryan, there hasn't really been any conversation about that outside of the fan base, as far as I can tell. Um, and it's interesting because Matt Ryan has one of the top agents in the league, the agent known for uh, representing some of the best quarterbacks in the league, Tom Condon. You know, in the past, he was the rep of Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Tony Romo, 
for a while, he had like every number one pick, starting with Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford. You know, today some of his clients are Joe Burrow, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, and he's co-represents some of those guys with alongside other guys. So certainly a guy that has been known to to sign and negotiate some of the more bigger deals out there. And so you would imagine if, if Matt Ryan was wanting to, to get that sort of contract extension, you know, we might see some and hear some different rhetoric coming from him over the last couple of months than his contentment here in Atlanta. Now I've done previous episodes uh, where I feel like, you know, made the case why I think restructuring Matt Ryan's contract makes the most sense for the Falcons short-term and long-term at this current juncture. But it, again, it is interesting to hear Arthur Smith, you know, on the heels of that Chris Mortensen report that I, I think came out like the Sunday, the last Sunday of week 18, um, that the Falcons were keeping Matt Ryan and, you know, Arthur Smith in that year in presser, which it, whatever day that was, Tuesday, Wednesday, the following week, um, sort of walked that back and said, like, you know, basically never say never when it comes to, you know, the Falcons commitment to Matt Ryan. And, and maybe he said that because it's all about leverage or whatever the case may be. And he doesn't want to give Matt Ryan the leverage, although Arthur Smith doesn't really strike me as that type of person that would, you know, use the media uh, for contract negotiations. I could imagine certainly Terry Fontenot potentially doing that because that's more his purview. So it was interesting that Arthur Smith did that. And so like that, basically all of that to say is it feels like if the team was potentially thinking about extending Matt Ryan, he probably wouldn't have done that, right? But I won't sit here and say that the chances that the Falcons extend Matt Ryan are zero. Um, you know, I would probably put them in the single digits, but um, you know, I think based off of those comments that Arthur Smith made, you know, if you were making the case of what's the higher percentage of a thing happening, the Falcons extend Matt Ryan this offseason or trade Matt Ryan offseason. Again, just based off of what Arthur Smith said in that year in press conference, it would sound like trading him is a much higher probability um, than uh, extending him. So I say that. Do I think the Falcons are going to trade Matt Ryan? No. Um, because it basically, if you trade Matt Ryan, it begs the question, who's going to replace him? And right now it's not certainly somebody on the roster. And so you don't feel great about this upcoming draft class in terms of the prospects. Um, and so you're sitting there going like, do we draft a lesser quarterback and sign someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick? And that's our best option. Uh, maybe, but you know, I still sit here and I go, it's possible that the Falcons could trade Matt Ryan. Right. And I think a lot of it kind of depends on what happens with the other quarterbacks this offseason. And this was something I talked about on Jeff Schultz's most recent uh, appearance on this podcast. Um, but when you're a team out there, one of these teams is looking to potentially upgrade at the quarterback position. You know, I don't think you're going to call the Falcons first. Right. I think if you if you want to go out there and get a veteran quarterback, you're going to call up Green Bay. You're going to call up Seattle, San Francisco, possibly Houston first. Right now, we know if you call Houston, you know, that's a issue there with Deshaun Watson, because until he clears up his legal stuff, you know, I don't think any teams can be willing to make that sort of commitment to him. And it doesn't sound like uh, those, that legal stuff is going to get cleared up in the next two or so months. Um, and again, the Packers seem very intent on hanging on to, to Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, there's been speculation since last year's draft that, you know, maybe he's on the way to Denver, but then you hear, you know, Various rumors and reports, you know, he's he's broken up with his fiance and apparently like that Denver connection, part of it was due to her. I, you know, again, I don't know the details. I'm not necessarily reading all the gossip magazines or anything, but maybe I will have to uh, in order to get a full picture of all the ongoing drama uh, this offseason around the league. But, uh, 
you know, you wonder about Seattle. It's like, are they going to be willing to give up Russell Wilson? And if they are, then they're certainly not going to give him away. And you would imagine since they play in the same division that the Rams play in, that they would look at that Stafford trade from a year ago and say, at the very minimum, we got to get what they got. And that trade involved the Rams giving up Jared Goff, so a starting caliber quarterback, two first-round picks, and a third-round pick. Uh, and the question, of course, is going to be, is there another team out there that's willing to make pay that price for Russell Wilson? Because the type of team that's going to pay that price is going to feel like they're basically a quarterback away. And you wonder, some of these teams that we mentioned, Pittsburgh, Denver, maybe, uh, are in that camp. I don't know how many other teams, you know, is Washington in that camp? Is Carolina in that camp? You know, who knows at this point in time? So we'll see. So if the answer is that, you know, Watson doesn't get traded and Rodgers doesn't get traded and Wilson doesn't get traded, you know, it might just boil down to Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz as the best options this offseason and between Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, Denver, Tampa Bay, et cetera. You know, if those teams can't land one of those two guys, whichever is the preferred of of those two guys, you know, do you start to look at free agency and start settling for guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, uh, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, et cetera, as like your next best options? And how willing are are teams going to be to make those settlements, as you can say? And so all of a sudden, if that's if, if they're not as in love with that, those guys being their week one starters, then you might start seeing the Falcons get a lot more phone calls. The Raiders, the Vikings, the Browns, the Dolphins, some of these other teams might starting to get a lot more phone calls to be like, hey, what are you willing to accept in order to give up your quarterback? And of course, the Falcons are one of those teams that could start getting those phone calls. And then all of a sudden, the potential to trade Matt Ryan goes up. Um, and then you wonder, okay, how desperate are these teams to get Matt Ryan instead of settling for Tyrod Taylor? And can the Falcons maximize that? And that's what we're going to do uh, to finish out today's episode talking about the potential compensation that the Falcons may get. Uh, what would be essentially the offer that they couldn't refuse uh, in order to trade Matt Ryan? We'll get into that as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons podcast, guys. But, you know, we're talking about quarterback drama. Why not check out any of these other shows if you want to get the insight into what's going on with these other quarterbacks? Obviously, it's a daily topic on the Locked on Cardinals podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a daily topic on Locked on Packers. And maybe, you know, host Peter Kowski uh, has a little bit more of a lowdown on on what I'm missing from the gossip rags when it comes to Aaron Rodgers' breakup with, with Shailene Woodley or whatever the case may be. But, of course, in addition to each of these individual shows, of course, you can check out Peacock and Williamson. You can check out Locked On NFL to get the skinny on all the other offseason needs go, no, news going down elsewhere across the league. And, of course, you can find them all on the same podcast platforms that you are currently listening or watching Locked On Falcons. So it is a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And uh, by the time we are now in the middle of February, a lot of people have already given up their New Year's resolutions. And it can be tough, especially if it's, you know, to eat healthy. You know, eating healthy can not be great. I know when I've been on past diets, the thing that has been the hardest is the lack of variety uh, that comes in your diet. But, you know, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market that tastes just like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar, does make eating healthy a little bit better. 
because not only does Built Bar taste good, it's good for you. It's low in sugar, it's low in calories and carbs, high in protein, high in fiber, but there's a variety of flavors that you can choose from. You can go to the website at built.com, order yourself a mix box, and you're going to get, you know, like nine different flavors uh, that you can, you know, mix and match. And, and that can help you bring a little bit more of that variety into your diet. So you don't feel like you're eating the same bland stuff every single day, but you're eating different stuff every single day. And it's certainly not bland because again, Built Bar is that protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar and it comes in a variety of flavors. You can get tried and true flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, cherry barcia. You can get some limited time flavors that they're always offering and rotating in and out. The new ones are mint marshmallow, uh, strawberry, which is great. You know, Valentine's Day, strawberries and chocolate is a great combination. Banana cream pie, churro puff, white chocolate cookies and cream, and so much more. And you can go and find your favorite flavors and order yourself a box today by heading over to built.com. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So the question I ask, guys, is, you know, what would it take to pry Matt Ryan away from the Falcons? But before we get into that sort of speculative territory, you know, let's talk timeline in terms of a trade. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, the potential of the Falcons trading Matt Ryan after June 1st this offseason. And since last offseason, I've always been very dubious of that being a realistic option. Now, the reason why the Falcons would wait until then, for those that don't know, is that it would alleviate some of the dead money burning that the Falcons would have to take on their salary cap this year. Right? If the Falcons were to trade Matt Ryan between now, or at least to start, March 16th and, and June 1st, right? They would have to absorb about $40.5 million in dead money this year. Now that would still save them about $8 million against the salary cap this year, but uh, that's a lot of dead money to, to eat. And if you waited till after June 1st, so if you traded him on June 2nd, you would lower that dead money hit to about $25 million and you would reap about $24 million in savings. So it's about a 16 or so million dollar difference in terms of additional cap space that the Falcons would have this year. And of course it makes total sense why the Falcons would want to have that additional $16 million in cap space to play with. But I think one of the things I constantly try to preach towards fans is that don't always think about things just purely from the Falcons perspective. Of course, it makes total sense for the Falcons to wait till June, but does it make a ton of sense for another team? It takes two to tango when it comes to trade. And why would another team wait until June uh, to give up, the, you know, all the draft capital that we're going to talk about in a moment that the, they would need to give up? You know, why would they want to wait and get their quarterback until after June when basically the offseason is over and you have a limited time and window in which that, quarterback, Matt Ryan in this case, would be able to get up to speed before training camp. And we already know that Matt Ryan already takes the better part of a year, if not more, to get comfortable in an offense. And so you're only further putting him by behind the eight ball by starting his offseason on, say, June 2nd at the earliest, rather than, say, April 2nd. You know, now you could certainly say, okay, well, maybe um, that would be an issue for a lot of teams. But if he goes, gets traded to a team that he knows the system, he knows the offense, it wouldn't be as big an issue. But then you kind of look at you know, which coaches he has a connection to. Pretty much all the Mike Smith era coaches are retired or in college now in terms of those offensive coaches that would have that familiarity with Matt Ryan. And then you look at the, all the different coaches from that 2016 staff that are now head coaches and offensive coordinators, teams like San Francisco, Green Bay, uh, right? Miami, the, the Jets, with the exception of maybe Miami, all of those teams have sort of quarterback situations. I know we've already talked about Green Bay potentially moving on from Aaron Rodgers, 
but it doesn't make a ton of sense for you to trade Aaron Rodgers only to trade for Matt Ryan. That doesn't make a ton of sense. So, um, and then they also have Jordan Love. So it's one of those things where all those places aren't great. And then you look at the, you know, Sark staff from 2017 and beyond. And again, most of those coaches, Sark included, Bush Hamden, Kyle Flood are all sort of college assistants. So you're only really looking at the one offensive coordinator out there that isn't on a team that has that is on the team that has a quarterback needy situation, Denver, because Justin Outen, who was the intern in 2016 and then served as an offensive assistant in 17 and 18, is the offensive coordinator there now under a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. But from what I understand, and I don't know exactly what Outen was doing uh, in, in those years um, outside of being an intern, but it sounds like based off of his background that he probably wasn't working that much with the passing game, that he's more of an offensive line slash tight end type of guy. So maybe he's more of a run game oriented type of coach. And obviously he's not going to be calling plays in Denver. That's going to be under Hackett's purview. So, you know, there isn't really a team where you talk about, oh, well, Matt Ryan's going to be able to pick up that system immediately. That seems particularly plausible in that regard outside of maybe Denver. Um, but you you look at it where when we look at the precedent of when teams have made these sort of summertime trades for a quarterback and made a big trade, the only real precedent where that has existed was Sam Bradford. And that only occurred after Teddy Bridgewater got injured in training camp. And so basically it's not impossible for a team to wait till June, but it seems like the circumstances would almost certainly have to require, um, you know, uh, their starting quarterback getting injured. Right. And again, Sam Bradford went to a team, the coaching staff was already very familiar with him. So again, it would probably have to be one of these four or five teams that we're talking about would have to suffer an injury before they would really give the Falcons a, a call in earnest in that regard. But we'll see how that goes. Now, the one reason for why a team would want to wait until June to trade for Matt Ryan would be that they would not have to give up a draft pick in this year's draft and they could instead give up draft picks next year. But then when you factor in that, it seems to be the consensus. I'm sure there are differing opinions here. But it doesn't seem, you know, the, the consensus seems to be that this is a down draft class. So if you do want to give up draft capital for Matt Ryan, it would make more sense to give up that capital this year when you know it's not necessarily a great class rather than next year when it might be. You know, we, again, we don't know uh, if it's going to be a better class, but, you know, odds seem to point in that direction that it probably will be. So the question is going to be, you know, I, I think a post June one trade is likely out. So if we're going to trade Matt Ryan before June 1st, you know, it's going to have to be something that's worth the Falcons while uh, in order to make it worth them to eat all that dead money. And we've already talked about what the Rams gave up for Matt Stafford. I, I don't think the Falcons can realistically expect that in return just because Stafford's younger. And you, some of you might go, oh, he's, he's only one year younger. He got drafted the year after. Well, he's actually closer to three years younger. Uh, because Stafford, you know, came out as an underclassman rather than a senior. And, you know, at least at the age where Stafford was traded last year, where he was about almost 33, is about the same age that Matt Ryan was going into his 2018 season, which was probably about the last year of his prime. So, again, you got Stafford in his prime and you got Matt Ryan potentially three, maybe four years removed from his prime. So I think when we're looking at precedent in terms of trade value, I think the Carson Wentz trade makes a lot more sense. Um, in that trade – the Colts gave up a third round pick in last year's draft. And then they gave up a conditional second in this upcoming draft, which will turn into a first based off of whatever the condition was. I think it was playing time. Um, and part of the reason why the parallels are, are there is because of the dead money, right? 
right? When the Eagles traded Carson Wentz last year, they took on the biggest dead money hit of any team in NFL history, which was around $33, $34 million. And the Falcons, of course, would be taking on a dead money hit over $40 million this year. So one would imagine, because the Falcons are taking on an even bigger burden, you know, they would want to be compensated a little bit more than what the uh, Eagles were in that trade. And then you factor in that Matt Ryan's better than Carson Wentz. And as much as you hear me guys on this podcast say, oh, you know, 2021 was a down year for Matt Ryan, and it was, you know, um, it was still significantly better than what 2020 was for Carson Wentz. Um, So, like, you would then imagine, again, that would play into it where the Falcons would feel like we probably deserve a little bit more. So this is my best guess. Again, I think at a minimum, you're going to want a first-round pick in this year's draft, right, if you're the Falcons. And you're going to, at the very minimum, probably want a third next year, a conditional third uh, that could turn into a second or even a first round pick, depending on how Matt Ryan and his new team perform in this upcoming 2022 season. That to me is the minimum. You probably could throw in a player or, you know, another mid round pick or something like that uh, to sort of sweeten the pot, so to speak. It's kind of the minimum. Um, And so you like to to me, if the Falcons are going to trade Matt Ryan, I feel like two first round picks is going to have to be on the table, but I don't necessarily know if a team is going to want to give up two first round picks straight up. There's got to be some conditions attached to it, so to speak. Um, And, you know, if if you, you get one of those first round picks is next year's draft, that does give the Falcons the ammunition that maybe they could wait on a quarterback this year and go out there and sign you know, a veteran go out there and sign a Marcus Mariota to be a plug and play starter for a year and still have the ammunition similar to what Philadelphia is sitting at this off season with their draft class with three first round picks and have the ammunition to have two first round picks next year. And maybe they could add to that total depending on various trades that may or may not happen this off season to have at least two first round picks next year. And that will give them the ammunition that if they need to feel compelled to go and get a guy, they can go get a guy in next year's draft with the perception that next year's draft class will be uh, significantly better than this year's draft class. So, um, you know, if we're, if we're draft, if we're talking pre-draft trades, I feel like you got to get a first this year at a minimum, you got to get a third next year, a conditional third that, you know, if Matt Ryan plays X number X percentage of snaps or whatever, he's like 70% of the snaps or whatever, that turns into a second. And then if his new team makes the playoffs in addition to that, then it turns into a first and then you throw in something else to sweeten the pot as well, which, you know, is, is up to you. Maybe some rookie deal contract trade or whatever the case may be that, uh, you know, some talented, you know, third round pick or something like that, that a team is maybe soured on or, or whatever the case may be, or, or may not necessarily be in their long-term plans. Um, and, you know, when we talk about the potential of this trade happening based off of what we saw last year with how the Falcons handled the Julio Jones trade, we know that, you know, the Falcons aren't going to rush out there and, and, and you know, be, dialing up everybody else to say, you know, what do you, what, what would you give us for Matt Ryan? They're going to let the market come for them. And so if someone wants to make that offer, that big time blockbuster offer, and again, I, I, I what I've suggested today, I think is the minimum that some of the team would have to offer, even for the Falcons to not hang up the phone. Um, we'll just sort of see how that goes. So that's kind of how I see it. And, you know, the reason why we talked about it on today's episode is I'm just watching all these, you know, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter reports and whatnot and all these other locked on podcast shows. And I'm like, they're dealing with drama. Why aren't we dealing with drama? And it's a good thing that the Falcons aren't dealing with drama because, you know, we can sit here and talk all day long and debate all day long and, 
as many of you guys love to do, argue all day long on the, your various social media and internet platforms uh, on how effective a quarterback Matt Ryan is on the field. But, you know, things that are not up for debate when it comes to Matt Ryan is first is toughness, right? Taking all that punishment that he has taken over the last a uh, couple of years, especially the last few years. And you've heard me talk about concerns about Matt Ryan's ability to handle pressure these last couple of years due to all the hits that he's taken. And I've t- talked about how uh, other quarterbacks, when you take that many hits over the course of your career, you tend to get a little gun shy. Um, and that was a, Eli Manning was a great example of a quarterback that I thought towards the end of his career was very gun shy and was very allergic to pressure. And, and I had concerns watching the film in 2019 and 2020 that that was something that was, getting worse with Matt Ryan. And yet in this 2021 season, even though I think the problem did rear his ugly head from time to time, he had a worse offensive line than he had in those years. And he did an even better job handling the pressure this past year than he did in those previous years. So uh, you, you can't uh, knock Matt Ryan for his toughness. He's tough as nails. And you, you got to love the fact that despite, you know, all the reasons that we outlined earlier where the Falcons should be involving quarterback drama, they're not because Matt Ryan is, unproblematic and undramatic. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's one of the knocks I think people have on him. He's boring. But in this case, being boring is great, right? You know, I'm making us think about his contract, right? Even though the Falcons seem very vocal to say that they're not willing to commit to him long-term, he's still not making us think about his contract where other quarterbacks will be like, how dare you pay me or, or move me, right? And then you factor in the potential that the Falcons could draft a quarterback this year that could wind up being his replacement. And if you're just basing it off of the comments that he made last offseason when people asked him about feeling threatened about the potential of the Falcons drafting a quarterback, he seemed like that eh, eh, wouldn't, wouldn't bother me none. You know, I'd work with a young guy. You, you wouldn't see situations like you see in Green Bay over the last, you know, 18, 17 years where the, the longtime veteran gives the young guy the cold shoulder and makes us think about the mere existence of that young guy and, you know, ego and all these various things, you know, Matt Ryan seems to have no ego. And I think this is a big reason that endears people to Matt Ryan and, and why this conversation to a lot of people, um, you know, they're probably not listening right now because they were probably turned off the podcast, but uh, you know, the type of person that would listen to this and it's like, it's not even worth having a conversation. Why are we having this conversation? So I, I get it. I get it. Like, you know, you know, Matt Ryan's good, right? Like, you know, the fact that we can we can have this conversation and not feel like, oh no, you know, like it, it's just it's it's a nice place to be. And you look around the league and you're like, yeah, this is great. Now, um, you know, m- maybe again, seems very low probability of happening, but maybe this becomes a, a bigger issue down the road than it is currently. But we'll we'll just sort of have to cross that bridge when we get to it. But again, based off of what we've heard so far, it doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue. So, you know. Maybe maybe I'm just looking for content, right? Maybe I'm just looking, hey, why can't I have something to talk about every day like Lockdown Cardinals has to say or Lockdown Packers has to say or whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting situation. and We'll see how it all plays out. Again, I don't think the Falcons are moving Matt Ryan, but certainly I think worth having a conversation of what would it take for the Falcons to go like, wait a minute, maybe, 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 you know? So that will do it, guys, on today's Lockdown Falcons. And we'll be back next week with a mock draft Monday. and. Probably, unless someone comes out with a crazier mock draft, we will probably talk about Todd McShay's mock from Wednesday where he had the Falcons taking Drake London at eighth overall. So, yes, two mock draft Mondays in a row where we talk about the wide receivers. But I want to talk about that because it gives me an opportunity uh, to explain why I actually like Drake London a little bit more than I like Traylon Burks and, and some of the reasons behind that. And we'll get into that on Monday's episode as well as some other issues 
And then probably on Tuesday, the plan is we might start talking about the cornerback situation. It seems pretty topical. Malcolm Butler just got released and, and maybe he's potentially on the Falcons radar. But, you know, it goes back to something I talked about on the cornerback review episode last week, I believe it was, talking about the sort of schematic um, issues with DMPs. And I've gotten some pushback on that. And I want to give some pushback to the pushback. So we will probably talk about that on Tuesday as well as have some other great guests on the show next week. But until then, guys, have a great weekend. And, of course, if you want to provide your feedback for future Q&As or wanted to discuss what we talked about on today's episode or what we discussed on past episodes or whatever the case may be, you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter or Facebook at Locked on Falcons. You can send an email to LockedOnFalcons at Mail.com. And, of course, you can leave a comment here on the Locked on Falcons YouTube channel. And I'm sure, you know, those will be perfectly pristine and people will be very civil. Uh, in the comments on today's episode. So let me know what you think. And, um, you know, that will do it for us here on Lockdown Falcons. And, of course, thank you guys for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And, of course, check out one of the local shows at Lockdown Braves, Lockdown Bulldogs, or Lockdown Hawks on uh, the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And, of course, why not check out the Lockdown Bench Podcast where handicapping expert Lee Sterling is giving you his daily picks, his blowout specials, and his lock of the day every single day on Lockdown Bets helping you recover from your football drought, I guess. Uh, you know, what's the word? Um, when you're hooked on drugs, I can't think. Withdrawal, withdrawal, that's what the word. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know anything about drugs, so that's why I couldn't think of a word. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Lee is, is helping you with your football withdrawal on Lockdown Bet, so go check out that podcast. Guys, I appreciate it. Until then.